I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. What's cooking? Good looking. Oh, man. What a line. Yeah. (laughs) Today we're talking about some kitchen updates that we have. I feel like more than any other room, we have kitchen updates. Yeah, it's true. It's sort of a part of our home we're constantly reassessing. In In part, maybe because we're constantly using it. Like, we're kind of just chilling in the living room, sleeping in the bedroom, doing bathroom stuff in the bathroom. (laughs) Like the kitchen, we're in there doing all sorts of different food stuff, some new food stuff like we're going to talk about. True. And then we're in and out of there really pretty often. It's pretty well-used space. True. The exterminator told me today that he liked our kitchen, and I think he meant he liked that like there wasn't a bunch of water around the kitchen for cockroaches to be attracted to, but I hope he meant that he also liked the decor of the kitchen. I think so. He told me once he really liked the color. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. The exterminator and I are friends. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is some new stuff stuff. This is some new habit stuff. I don't know. We should just start talking because that didn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think I want you to lead this one because I think that there is a pattern that we have of me like wanting a thing and then you being like, sure, I don't care. But then <laughs> it turned out that actually this time you really did care. About the bowls? Yeah. Did I really care? Not before, but after. Oh, yes, that is true. We got new bowls. Uh, we previously had, well, bowl plates. I guess these are more bowls. Anyways, we previously had these bowl plates Jordan found from World Market, right? Yeah. And they were, I mean, they were pretty nice, really. Uh, we ended up donating them, right? Yeah, I have this obsession with the idea of having, like, one vessel that is both a bowl and a plate. (laughs) Because really, I feel like when we had both bowls and plates, we were always eating out of the bowls. You know? Quite frequently. Very infrequently did we both sit down with plates. And so I want something that will hold a good amount of food, but also I always want to be eating out of a bowl. Yeah, I don't particularly care. Uh, so I was down for the bowl plate switch. Yeah, but the ones we had were more shallow than I wanted them to be, and they didn't really function as full-ass bowls. No. They so were really that was more difficult. like plates with a lip. Yeah. Which was useful in some settings, but not really for a lot of, honestly, for like a lot of what we make. Yeah, we had a lot of problem with soups. Yeah, soups, even like curries. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. A lot of rice-based stuff the lip was like nice for, but it was still like... I don't know. wasn't great. They were nice, but not great. So then Jordan found these bowls on Etsy, I believe, right? They're from East Fork Pottery, which is a... They have their own website. Um, It's a pretty trendy, like, ceramic studio out of Asheville. Fun fact. Yeah. Ash Vegas. I don't know what that is. Just a nickname for Asheville. Oh, okay. Um, Is it in any way like Las Vegas? Uh... Kind of, in some ways. It used to be more so. Mm. It, like more, it used to be a little more of like a hippie party city. Now it's more of like a hippie, touristy, expensive city. Cool. 
Yeah, so like the Vegas part was like the kind of nightlife part, but that's been tamed down and made more touristy. Yeah, the vision I have of Asheville, having not been in a really long time, is like bougie. Yeah, that's, yeah. Cool. Anyway, so they're from Asheville. Yeah, and... <laughs> so they're bougie. <laughs> I mean, these are not cheap. I asked for them for Christmas, and I actually asked for half for my mom and half for my dad, because they're not cheap. But they're really popular for their mugs. A lot of people, like, do their mug sales, and very frequently their mugs... Like, it's a sort of thing where you, like, wait and refresh, like, seconds before the mugs go on sale, because people, like, buy a lot of them and are mm. really into them. Um, but they had... They're called their everyday bowls, and so it's a pretty substantially sized bowl. We'll put some pics in the show notes. And I, they're pretty decidedly bowls, I would say. You know, like they're decidedly not decidedly bowls. They're not plate-like, but they're I think flat enough at the bottom that if we ever actually had to cut something, we could do that. Yeah, that was my thinking on this. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, then we got them, and I really like them. Like uh, they just make every dining experience feel like fine dining. <laughs> Like, sometimes I make, I make things that I am not, like, a food influencer for a myriad of reasons, namely that, like, I don't want to be. Um, but sometimes when I make something, even just fucking, like, scrambled eggs, I'm like, wow, that looks great in this bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is picturesque. Like, just scrambled eggs, a little pepper, and, like, that's it. And it looks like an influencer shot. Like, some influencer in the wild shit. Um... And that's kind of been a nice sensation to have every meal be like, wow, this is really visually pleasing (laughs) (laughs) on top of just being tasty. Yeah, I would say these are a great success of what I think we're trying to do overall, which is like invest in things that are well made and are nice that we can enjoy for a long time, you know? And I think that of the things that we've purchased like this, these bowls have really given us a lot of enjoyment beyond functioning as bowls. Yeah. Which they do very effectively. Yeah, they're just very pleasing. They're easy to clean, too. Uh, True. They, like, fit nicely in our dish rack. I'd say the only con is they're not, <laughs> like, they're not the best plate. So we do, like, pizza uh, or, like, sandwiches. I'm mm. making bread. They're not, like, really, I, they're not bad for those situations. Just gotta go like one piece or like one half of a sandwich at a time. You gotta kind of go in in portions for it to fit well. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, is true. Which I was gonna say maybe became a problem when we started doing the bowls, but I think we were eating those things and it wasn't as obvious on the plates. Whereas yeah. like now we don't have any soup troubles. Yeah, but even for other like, this looks great and with like scrambled eggs or I'm trying to think of other like dish things you would just normally use a plate with. Scrambled eggs keeps coming to mind. I think we do a lot of, like, one-pot meals. Yeah. And, I mean, like, pasta and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I usually put pasta in bowls. But I think that's just how we are. I think we are bowl people, and that some people would put pasta on a plate, you know? Bowl people. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, even when you said, like, it's hard to eat pizza, like, kind of, but that doesn't make me want to buy a set of plates, you know? I mean, yeah, it's not worth buying a set of plates over. (laughs) <laughs> but I think that that's an individual thought. I think some people like having plates. Mm, you have to put up an Instagram poll. Okay. You a bowl person or a plate person? <laughs> you know, or better said, what's, if you had to just live with one, what would it be? Right, I would imagine most people are like both. Yeah, probably fair. 
most people are like, ah, I like a balance in my life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Slash, I bought that, like, box of uh, flatware at Target, so it came with bowls and mm-hmm. plates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I've really been liking these. Would recommend. Yeah, we'll put links and pics in the show notes for them for anyone who's interested. I mean, they make plates. Yeah. Like, you can get a full dining set from East Fork. It's not like this was all that was offered to us. It's just this was the thing that we wanted. Yeah. That makes sense. They're very pretty. Yeah. Um, next up, wooden spoons, 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 spoons. <laughs> Speaking of pretty things, we mm-hmm. are finally, like, living out this sort of years-long dream of <laughs> switching out our big, like, serving utensils and... I don't know, like, what would, like, utility utensils? I don't know, something like cooking utensils for all wood. Yeah, I like the idea of utility utensils. It's just, like, the big-ass plastic scoop you'd use to scoop things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think we were emboldened by because we have a wooden cutting board that Dill made that we have to oil. And I found out on the internet, um, I can't remember from who, but that you should also be oiling, like, your wooden spoons and stuff, which I guess makes sense, but it had literally never occurred to me. And then I was like, oh, well, if I'm oiling this shit, I might as well get nice ones and not, like, the plastic ones that I bought at Ikea when I was in college. Mm-hmm. So we got literally the most massive wooden spoon I've ever seen in my life, like a stirring spoon. I feel like a witch stirring a cauldron whenever I make soup of it. <laughs> it was called a manly wooden spoon on wow. Etsy. Um, and we can, you know, dissect the patriarchy there, but for some reason when I was looking at it on Etsy, it looked like a normal size wooden spoon because I'm so bad spatially, and then I got it, and it's sincerely twice the size of a normal wooden spoon. Yeah, it's pretty giant. Maybe one of us should model with it when we take the photo so we can have an accurate person-to-spoon ratio. (laughs) Oh yeah, four scale. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then we got kind of, we love a scoop. You know, those kind of, it's like ovular and it's deep and it's a little pointy at the tip so that Uh you can really like, if you're doing like a casserole or something, you can scoop it. Um, Because we have a ladle, we have like a, an olive wood ladle, which is really nice, but it is very deep and round. So it wouldn't really work for in a casserole situation, you know, like if there's no liquid, it's not going to work. And so we had a plastic scoop that we used all the time, and now we have a wood one. I want to say it's plum wood. Wow. But don't quote me on that. I'll have to find the Etsy listing. Hmm. Hmm. Plum wood sounds very cool. I mean, this thing is very cool, but like... Yeah, it's very um, designed, ornate, something. Like, the the, the grain of the wood is very pronounced, I would say. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's also very pretty, like you said. Got a lot of pretty stuff. Yeah, I don't, like, I think that the bowls really have, like, a day-to-day effect on us in the way that the wooden spoons don't necessarily. And the thing about having wood anything in your kitchen is it can't sit in water. So, like, our wooden ladle can't, like, sit in a pot of soup. We have to take it out every time. And, like, we don't put it in the sink to soak or anything like that. So there's a little bit more upkeep with this stuff. But I think in the same vein, like... We want things that last a long time. We want things that look nice. Our spoons are like, they're stored outside of drawers, so they're visible all the time. So I feel good about it. Yeah. Uh, So Jordan has always threatened to slowly poison me. (laughs) It's not true. (laughs) (laughs) We've never said that out loud. (laughs) Uh, No, she did not. 
But she did accidentally almost poison us. But then we addressed it quickly, and no one was poisoned, and we were all safe with a new pie plate. <laughs> yeah, so here's an interesting kind of annoying thing. I was um, on Instagram going through some stories because it really bothers me when I have outstanding Instagram stories. I know that that's, like, weird. Um, it's not weird. It saved our lives. <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching someone's Instagram story, and they were like, oh, I'm really excited that I um, inspired you guys to all go buy vintage, but just, like, FYI, be on the lookout. Like, old kitchen stuff, specifically kitchen ceramics, used to be glazed in lead. So you, like, shouldn't buy something that you're going to eat off of vintage which is weird i will say (laughs) because when i bought you that pie plate off of etsy like a lot of pie plates on etsy are being sold specifically just for display it'll be like an enamel piece that is chipped and so it's rusting and they tell you like don't eat off of that (laughs) etc please do not eat rust (laughs) and as i was buying this thing it was ceramic it hasn't been chipped it's in perfectly good shape um but like the anxiety in me was saying, like, oh, my God, what if this is, like, poisonous or something? And then I was like, no, that's not a good thought. Like, everything is going to be fine. I'm just going to get this. This is a good idea. I will let my therapist know that, indeed, my anxiety was right in this situation. <laughs> because it turns out that before a certain time, ceramic glazes could include lead and the older that glaze gets, the more likely it is to chip. And if it chips into your food, you're ingesting lead, and that's a bad situation. Yeah. So this is not chip. We did not eat lead. No, I, but we want. <laughs> we to, are safe. <laughs> we want to be careful, and we also want to be giving people good information on this podcast, which is just like, be safe. Yeah. As, don't leach lead into your pies. As we always say. But also, like, this is really annoying, and there's nothing to be done about it, right? But, like, there's a lot of good vintage kitchen stuff on the internet, and it would be great to be able to reuse it. And we can't, because safety. Yeah. Well, we're going to upcycle ours into a plant dish. That's true. And you can still use them for decor and stuff, but it's like, I don't know. I like the look of all that vintage kitchen stuff, and it's nice to, like, not have to buy new, but we do, because health. Yeah. Because lead. Yeah. So um, that was... some generation had to put lead in fucking everything. (laughs) Um, And the other interesting thing is that I almost bought you a different one. I almost bought you a new one. Mm. And in my head, I was like, if this gift were for me, I would want the new pie plate. But because it's for Donnie, I feel like he would want the vintage one. And what we actually ended up doing was going back and buying the new one that... I was going to get you in the first place. And it's also from Etsy, and I can link them in the show notes as well. Yeah, it's very cute. I haven't used it yet. Can you use it this week, though? Yeah, and I'm really excited about it. It it kind of has the same aesthetic as the bowls, I think, personally. Similar. Yeah. I don't know that it's called the same, but yeah, like a similar tonally. <laughs> I want to say also about the bowls that um, their customer service was fantastic. Hmm. I uh, yeah. One of them arrived broken. <laughs> And I emailed them and they emailed me back 15 minutes later and were like, please send us a picture of the broken plate and we'll send you a new one. And then they did. And it was like totally not an issue. Also, this Etsy shop that made the pie plate had great customer service because I wanted to change the shipping address in the middle. And they immediately got back to me and were like, absolutely, no problem. And then sent it where I wanted it sent. So yeah, love that. Would highly recommend. Hopefully this pie is great and we'll keep you updated. Yeah. Maybe take pics. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Maybe. I mean, I'm going to take a pic of the pie plate regardless. Right. But I'm saying I should take a pic of the pie in it. 
I mean, I'll definitely take one without so people can get the full scope. And then, like, if the pie turns out looking really good, maybe we can take a pic of it as well. Mm-hmm. It'll be your call if you want pie privacy or not. Pie privacy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. So we also started making veggie stock. Yeah, so why did we do this? Why were we inspired by this? Uh, you read that book about the recipe, and you're like, this sounds easy, let's try it. And I was like, all right. Because we also made turkey stock. We I'm made, saying a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> so we made turkey stock last, or two Thanksgivings ago, the last time we had a turkey. Yes. Because I know it's a thing you can do, and we'd never done it before, and it was kind of like we're in this like waste knot sort of vibe so mm-hmm. we were like oh let's check this out and that shit was delicious yeah it's really good like so good you could just like have it as its own soup put some veggies in that shit yeah so so good and also i was really impressed because like a box of stock costs what like three bucks 350 yeah and we use a lot of it because we do make a lot of soups and stews and stuff especially in the winter and so it was exciting to me to take that turkey carcass which we were going to throw away anyway Mm -hmm. and get a little bit more life out of it and really we have a big enough pot that you get like what was it 64 ounces of stock or was it even maybe 128 ounces of stock like it was a crazy amount it was a lot um and so i knew that you could do that with veggies as well and we had just never really done that because we compost all our veggie scraps so we always kind of feel like we're already getting rid of them and a responsible way yeah but i got this cookbook called waste not from the james beard foundation with a bunch of like james beard winners recipes in it mm-hmm. and one of them was for like veggie stock from veggie scraps and so it just felt like time to try yeah. so we started rather than just directly composting everything we started collecting how would you describe like hearty veggie scraps not even, in a bag not even hearty. i mean we do the onion peels I do the garlic peels. Pretty much everything, pretty much everything can go in. Like I'm a, We don't put fruit in. No, I mean, I don't think you're supposed to. What yeah, I guess like our fruit, coffee grounds, and eggs goes in the compost now. And yeah. everything else goes in the stock bag. We pretty keep much. that in the freezer too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Sometimes like, I, don't, I eat a good amount of edamame for snack. Or sometimes like we had it tonight in our dinner. I don't put it, we could put in the edamame peels. I just like don't, things that might like move the flavor in one way or another. Yeah, it seems that things that are very foundational to the flavor are like garlic peels, onion peels, mushroom stems, if you have them. Carrot nubs. Yeah, like mm. that sort of stuff. And then people can, and you, and like I talk, my parents make stock too, so I talked to them to get advice when we had started it. And they would put in like, herb bits that are left over because they grow a bunch of herbs oh, yeah. and just like put it in with the knowledge that like this is going to be a particularly like rosemary-ish stock which is something I mean if we buy or try to make herbs again something we could explore and just know that like this is going to be very herby one way or another that's something I was excited about too because we often find ourselves in that situation where we use the herbs for one thing and then we have some left over but like we have nothing to do with them they just go bad yeah and so this seemed like a preemptive way to kind of use them in a better way yeah but you can put anything you want into it It, I mean that's pretty much the point of stock as I understand it (laughs) (laughs) and it went really well I would say yeah um Slash is ongoing and going well. 
Yeah, I think we were at first overwhelmed because we made so much of it. And actually, every time it makes so much, we yeah. don't have enough space to store it. No. But get another giant mason jar. I think we're saving money. I would say definitely. I would also say that the veggie stock is not as good as the turkey stock because it has no fat in it. Yeah, no, it's not bad by any means, but it's not transcendent in the way that homemade turkey stock compared to store-bought chicken, quote-unquote stock, right. was. Yeah, I would say that like I tried both our homemade stock and like a box stock, and they were pretty on par. Yeah, they're basically the same. Um, I guess I should say, quote, unquote, I guess the chicken stock probably is really chicken stock, but I digress. <laughs> um, but you also pointed out that probably there are, like, more nutrients in the stock that we make rather than just, like, a high sodium stock that we buy. I think, I don't know for sure, because I'm not a scientist, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, I think yes. Yeah, I like that train of thought, I guess is what I'm saying. And yeah. It's not... It's not hard to do, so I think we're going to just, like, keep doing it and just kind of have stock around. Sometimes we have to make the grocery list so that it uses a lot of stock if mm-hmm. we're, like, too deep in it. But I would say overall, it's the same as just having, like, half a box of stock left over in the fridge. Yeah. I mean, and then we can compost all the stuff afterwards, too. So right. it's not changing our discarding of it. We can also discard everything in a sustainable way after we get extra out of it. Really, regardless of whether it's better in any way for us, it's cool that we're saving anywhere from like three fifty to seven dollars a grocery trip, and we're also not having to buy and then recycle slash maybe not recycle because who knows how that should actually work those <laughs> those boxes yeah. of the stock itself, right? We're just making our own stuff. We're saving money and we're just putting it in the jars we already have. Yeah, and that feels pretty good, I think. Yeah, I like that too. On the other hand, I also started making cashew milk because mm-hmm. I saw it on Hillary Duff's Instagram. She also <laughs> makes cashew milk. And I will say, first off, I like it. I think it is yummy. I don't know if you've had any. I've mm. been putting it in my smoothies and stuff. Yeah, I've been saving a few for the smoothies because I know it's like a pretty integral part of your snackage. Yeah. So I try not to interfere. And it has prevented us in some weeks from ha- having to buy almond milk. Mm-hmm. Um, did I already say it was super easy to do? No, you haven't talked about it. Oh, it's <laughs> super easy to do. You basically just like soak cashews in water overnight to soften them up. And you can do this with any nut that produces milk. Like that's how you make almond milk, walnut milk if you want. Cow um, milk, you just cover them in water. <laughs> or oat milk. Um, cashews happen to be particularly soft nuts, so it's super easy to do. That was them sucking the way. <laughs> I did it far away in case it was really gross. <laughs> <laughs> we are not afraid of mouth sounds on this podcast. Um, and then you strain that water off and you mix one cups of soap, one cups, one <laughs> cup of soaked cashews with four cups of water and then you blend it. <laughs> yeah. Some recipes say to strain it and some don't. We have been straining it through cheesecloth. Hmm. Um, Truge on most important meal podcast pointed out that probably if I put it in smoothies, I don't have to. It would just be a thicker smoothie. But we've also been using the cashew pulp, which is like leftover um, for various 
baking situations. Like, like we donuts. Made, we made some donuts with it, which were really good. We made some granola with it, oh, which yeah, is pretty granola. good. I keep forgetting we made that granola. That granola is really good. Yeah, so I kind of like this aspect of like using all of the parts of the cashew, if you will. However, one drawback I will say is that I don't think it's cheaper because cashews are not cheap. Like yeah. nuts are not cheap. So that is the one thing. Like, I want to keep doing it, and I'm really interested in it, but I think it might increase our grocery bill overall, and I don't know if that's worth it. Yeah. It's something to investigate. It's hard to say, because almond milk is pretty expensive. Like, maybe killing bees? I don't know. What's up with that? (laughs) Um, Got to do some research. (laughs) But yeah, almond milk is like five bucks a half gallon or whatever now, $4.99. That is true. So, like... Maybe I was being alarmist about it. Maybe it is cheaper. Because I, I want to say that I bought probably $10 worth of cashews last time, and we probably have three or four cups left. Yeah. So maybe maybe I was being alarmist. I eat them as snack, too, sometimes. Eat them as snack. Yeah, I do. Wow. I think they're yummy. They're a yummy nut. <laughs> but what about our cashew milk? <laughs> I didn't know we were rationing. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. That's fine. Um, point being, yeah, I, I would be interested to like sit down and think that through and see. Yeah, maybe we have to do a more documented data analysis before I go on the podcast saying crazy things. Mm, we'll have to get it peer-reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was one other thing I wanted to add to this episode that's not on the outline. We were <clears> going <throat> to end it right there, but no, the cashews reminded me of it. So we've been trying to buy our groceries in bulk. Have we been talking about this on the podcast? I don't remember. We can talk more about it. So where I'm from in the suburban Southwest, you can roll into a bulk food store and there are just like barrels of food everywhere and you like put it in a bag and you go about your business. And this is something we're really interested in to reduce like plastic packaging at the grocery store. Yeah. But here, really, there are very few places to do it, Whole Foods being the primary one. And that's a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. So... Every time. (laughs) We kind of settled on doing it at Fairway, which has a very limited selection of bulk things, but, like, they have bulk nuts, and they have bulk grains, and they have bulk oats, so that was going well for us. But they couldn't figure out tear to save their lives. Mm. And that was really hard because the jars that we store our bulk foods in are over a pound, Mm -hmm. and you don't want to, like, pay for the jar when you're there. So... My coworker recommended to me that I just get linen produce bags, which like made a ton of sense. And I had never thought about before. And I was really glad that she mentioned. And so I went on Etsy and I bought some really cute linen produce bags. We have three different sizes of them. I don't know that we need three different sizes. Like I think that everything that we have is like would fit in the small one. I don't know. But it seemed like three different sizes was the right call at the time. Well, it's useful. So we use them now for the farmer's market, too. True. And it's pretty useful there. Like, we can use a small guy if we have a spinach recipe, and we can get what we need. Because one of the stands we go to just has loose spinach. And then it's useful, too. We, we bring, like, a big tote bag. Sometimes, like, the root vegetables you buy there, because it's farmer's market, they're still, like, a little dirty. So True. it's been nice to have... Those smaller linen bags hold like potatoes, sweet potatoes, that's still are pretty earthy because it's easier to toss one of those smaller bags in the wash and to toss in like a big, like hard canvas tote bag. 
Yeah, I've been liking them a lot more than I thought, honestly. Like, I think that they're... Having them is the reason that doing bulk food is viable for us, honestly. <laughs> and even at the farmer's market, they've been so much more useful than I thought they would be. Yeah, they're handy. And they just fit in our little uh, bag guy that we upcycled from whatever it was. From those shoes, yeah, yeah that I shoes. got. So, our final kitchen update. Yes. We switched over to bar soap, which I think we talked about, right? We did, yeah. And we were originally using that stain stick, but... I don't know, I wanted to switch it up. So we switched to a Dr. Bronner's bar soap and it's been going pretty well. I would say it's getting depleted at a similar rate to the other. Um, But one thing about the other that I didn't like quite as much as dish soap is like, dish soap has the chemicals like lift oil, like, you know, the Dawn commercial with the duck and the oil spill, (laughs) all that shit. Like, it's true. Um, That's why you should put it on if you get poison ivy also, fun fact. Uh, <laughs> so don't get rid of all the dish soap uh, in your house yeah wilderness survival with donnie don't get rid of dish soap hashtag dinosaur corner uh, um, point being save a little dish soap from a poison ivy incidents and uh try bar soap but so the old bar soap was bothering me because didn't quite get that oily lift so if we were cooking with oil or like some of the sauces or dressings we make in the blender especially it was hard to get the olive oil uh, off the blades and out of the bottle and the bowls and such and such and such. And the Dr. Bronner's, I'd say it's been working better. I don't know if it's been working as good as straight up chemical dish soap, but it's definitely better than the previous stain stick slash dish soap. I've been liking it a lot more because it lathers more and that at least gives me the placebo effect of feeling like the dishes are getting cleaner. Yeah. Um, I had this whole kind of breakdown being like, can you just use any soap as dish soap? Because I was like, (laughs) what if it's poison? And then I decided that that wasn't real and that I just needed to chill about it because I read, like I've read a lot of Dr. Bronner's copy about their (laughs) soap and like brushing your teeth with it is one of their viable uses so i figured if you can do that you can do it with you can like put it on your dishes yeah also i was trying to figure out because that's like the pure castile soap that you pour out of the bottle i was trying to decide if like the bar soap was the same and it seems that it is that the differences in ingredients between them are just to like make the soap more solid ah hmm. and then i was on a lot of weird blogs uh specifically the blog of like the granddaughter of dr bronner's <laughs> wow. and then like some grandma called uh nona d wow. who was like giving a tutorial on how to wash your dishes with dr bronner's dish soap so i feel like it's safe you're in there i mean yeah i don't want to i almost poisoned us once this episode <laughs> i like don't need to do that multiple times in the name of like saving plastic or whatever but yeah, it comes in a paper wrapper. The other benefit of it is that it's available at Fairway where we're already going for our bulk foods. Hooray. And so we don't have to order it online. And that was kind of nice because it is depleting a little faster than dish soap usually does that we would be able to like pick it up when we need it and not have to order it. Yeah. And we got new towels. I don't know if we mentioned that. Not towel towels, our little uh, Swedish towel things we use as soap. We had to get rid of our old ones. We finally had to compost them. Yeah, that's interesting because I, when you buy them, it says that they have 100 washes. And I wonder if that if like we just use them more than normal people do because... We don't have the dishwasher? Yeah. 
And so that shortened their lifespan. But they were definitely getting, they were getting really dry in between washes and not taking up water as well. And I would mm-hmm. say that was kind of the issue with them for us. So we did get new ones, but we actually, we had some free sponges we had gotten oh, with something yeah. and we used them in between. And I never want to go back to a sponge. Yeah. Like telling. the transition to them was a little odd, but now like forever. I think you may feel differently about it. No, I don't. I I was laughing and nodding because I thought we should have ended on forever. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.